Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is episode 173, and I'm going to do something that I usually don't do. Usually, if I have a series of podcasts of, of themes, um, then I, I try to space them out and have them back to back to back. So if I do like a uh, you know three things that I wish I knew when I started fly fishing, I try not to do like three on this week, three in the next week, three in the following week. I try to space them out. Uh, but I'm, I'm changing and, and doing doing two in a row. Maybe we'll do three in a row. We'll see what next week holds. But last week on episode 172, I did Will $5 Help Your Dry Fly Fishing? And the theme of the podcast was what gear will help you be a better dry fly fisher? Conclusion number one, you can be a great dry fly fisher with whatever gear you have because skill and experience trumps equipment. But that being said, having the right equipment helps. And a $5 expense, which looking at it now, a spool of tippet is probably more than $5 these days. But buying good tippet can actually help your dry fly fishing because it will help your casting and it will help your presentation. So walk through an entire list of things that can help your dry fly fishing, but really focused in on rod, line, leader, and tippet. Today, we're going to talk about streamers and fishing streamers and kind of the same thing, rod, line, leader, tippet. Now, here's the first disclaimer. I have fished big, gnarly, 21st century streamer bro streamers. I I think it's fun. I've caught very big fish doing it that way, but I'm kind of still of the mold, and maybe it's just the fact that I'm a little bit older than the demo that is like primarily into fishing for trout that way. Uh, maybe it's just because of where I, I grew up fishing in, in Pennsylvania that I, I never really embraced that giant streamer life, as it were. Uh, but when I think of streamer fishing, I still think of a traditional uh, across-the-stream cast, uh, a tight line swing, and then a retrieve. 
I fish plenty of other ways. I fish other streamer tactics and techniques. I actually, if, if you look back in the back catalog of the website and the podcast, I talk a lot about using streamers on small streams and on spring creeks, which would be, uh, relatively speaking, non-traditional uh, approaches to fishing streamers. But uh, what I'm going to talk about today isn't really focused on how to throw six-inch, triple-articulated, overdressed, weighted flies. There's value in that, and that's a completely valid way to catch trout. It's not the first thing that I think of when I think of streamer fishing. I think of, again, throwing more traditional streamers with a slightly heavier setup than you might be using, which gets to my first point, which is the rod. Uh, if, if the tippet, in a lot of ways, is one of the most important things for fishing for dry flies, uh, with dry flies, excuse me, um, I would say the rod is probably one of, if not the most important things for fishing with streamers. Again, same thing as I mentioned earlier, nothing is going to trump or replace experience, skill, and just being generally fishy. And some of that takes time, some of that has to do with who you are, but once you begin to develop those things, you will realize the limitations of the equipment that you have. And fishing with streamers, whether they be traditional size streamers, or whether they be larger, weighted, overdressed, or particularly long streamers, you are going to benefit by having a rod that can cast them well. Now, can you cast a streamer, even a large, oversized, and heavy streamer with a five weight? You can. You absolutely can. Is it going to be fun? No. Are you going to be able to do it with accuracy? No. Are you going to be able to do it at distance? No. And so that is why it is worth having a rod that you can cast for distance, with accuracy, and with efficiency, with. Does that mean that you need to go out today and spend $600 on buying a streamer rod to effectively fish streamers? No, absolutely not. In fact, I would say if, if, if my kind of my tagline for will $5 make you a better dry fly angler last week, I will say uh, just rummaging through your fishing closet might make you a better streamer angler this week. The reason being is use that smallmouth rod or use that light saltwater rod. My preferred rod for when I am fishing for trout on large rivers with bigger streamers, not, you know, enormous musky flies, but just bigger streamers, is a nine foot eight weight that I also use for casting to stripers early season and late season schoolie stripers on the beach. It is a very serviceable rod. I mean, is the is the fighting butt overkill? Absolutely. Is it a little bit clunkier than I probably need? Yes, but it is an effective and efficient casting tool. And so if I'm throwing these big, you know, maybe three, four, five inch streamers out for trout, am I going to catch some eight inch fish? Absolutely. But at that point, is it the rod's fault for being so heavy that an eight inch fish isn't a significant fight on it? No. The, the problem in that equation is that an eight inch fish, fish decided to go after, you know, the four inch bait fish imitation. That's not the fish that I'm targeting. If I'm throwing flies that large, if I'm throwing flies that heavy, if I'm on a big river that necessitates using a bigger rod to make the casts that I want to make with those bigger streamers, then those are not the fish that I'm going for. So that it would effectively be like catching a dace or some other fall or like a fall fish um, with your, your, your dry fly setup um, on, a, on a five weight. Of course, a 14-inch fall fish is nothing to sniff at, especially if it rises to a dry fly. But anyway, uh, all that to say, you know, I, I think that there's this great misconception about fishing with a heavier rod that it's going to take all the fun out of catching the fish. 
if you hook into a 16-inch trout on a big river, a fish that has been living in that environment, that has the 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 body, you know, whether it be the tail or the shoulders, uh, to to survive in a large river like that, and it gets into the current, it doesn't matter if you're fishing with a five weight or an eight weight. It's going to put a bend in your rod, and you might be targeting fish that are 16 inches. You might be targeting fish that are larger than that, but I don't think that an eight weight is going to ruin your day fishing if you are using that to throw those larger streamers. It's going to make your day of fishing better because you are going to be able to cast efficiently and accurately. You're going to be able to cast at distance, and you're also going to be more effective as you are mending and as you are stripping because you are not going to be you know, doubling your rod over with every strip. If you ever cast a, a fly that is too heavy or a fly that is too water resistant for your rod, you know what that's like when you're pulling a maybe a, 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 even a large woolly bugger through the water with a four weight and you give it a good strip. If that rod's got a lot of flex in it, that thing's going to double over every time you strip your 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 um your fly in, and now it, it ceases to be the the rod that's going to give you the sensitivity and the responsiveness for detecting uh, uh nips at your fly and to give you a good hook hook set. So, I think that the trade off is is absolutely worth engaging in to up your rod to something that is heavier. Now, if you have a, a smallmouth rod, you know, maybe a really stiff six weight or a seven weight, the, the beautiful seven weight, there should be more of those out there. Um, I'm waiting for the seven weight revolution. I need to be out ahead of it. Maybe I need to start some sort of like corollary website to casting across, uh, singing the praises of the seven weight. A lot of my antique rods, like pre-1970, and again, I'm, I'm you know, apologize if you're pre-1970, calling you an antique, but a lot of my old fiberglass and then like a lot of my dollar store bamboo, there are seven rate rods. And there's a reason for that. It's a, it's a great flex profile where you can make those uh, accurate casts with smaller flies, but they've got enough backbone to throw a heavier fly uh, and, and put it where it needs to. And so I think there's, there's, there's reason to pursue that flex and stiffness profile uh, in, in t- a rod today. But anyway, another digression. So the rod fish with a heavier rod but this doesn't mean mean that you need to go out and buy a saltwater rod to fish for trout it means if you if you have that saltwater rod that's lighter you know maybe that eight weight then use it on that large river where you're normally casting a five or six weight use that eight weight if you're on a smaller river a medium-sized stream and you're usually fishing a three or four then get that six weight and use that what you usually use on the large trout river may be adequate for what you are using um on on that small river with a larger heavier more wind resistant streamer because when you're casting you know you, you don't want to have to make 10 false casts you know with that eight weight that i was talking about you know if i'm if i have a heavy conehead uh, zonker fly on there and uh, i i get the thing where it's within 10 15 feet of the tip of my rod then i can do a pickup into a back cast in a haul and then with a forward haul i can have that out 60 feet just like that. And that's not because I'm a spectacular caster. It's just because that rod is built for that. It's built for casting poppers in the surf. It's built for casting clousers with big, heavy uh, bead chain eyes that I'm, that are being pulled out of, out of waves. So it has no problem dealing with a little bit of a heavier wind and water resistant fly that you're casting uh, in a river. So that's step one is, is having the right rod, which might be the right rod for a different situation. Secondly, is line. So if with the, the dry fly, I move from fly to reel. Today, we're moving from reel to, to fly. 
so the rod was first. Secondly is the line. Uh, it is worth looking at a more aggressive taper on a fly line if you're going to be fishing a lot of streamers. And this is something, again, where, you know, you use that rod that you might have set up for saltwater or for smallmouth or something like that, and you go out and spend 75 bucks on a new fly line and uh, maybe 100 bucks on a new spool for the reel, or if you have another uh, spool for the reel, then you're, you don't have to spend any money. But that is going to make that rod a very efficient tool for casting large, heavy flies. Of course, the tapers that you generally find for bass fishing and for saltwater fishing are probably going to be adequate, if not excellent, for casting heavy streamers. So this might not even need to be something that you invest in if you already have that rod for one of the aforementioned purposes, fishing with bass flies, where you're going to be throwing um, deer hair divers, you're going to be throwing uh, foam poppers or cork poppers, where you're fishing in the salt, where you're going to be throwing things with a lot of, of weight on them the tapers that are constructed for those for those kinds of flies so not necessarily like your bonefish tapers and stuff like that but again like your striper tapers and for your your largemouth bass tapers those are going to handle fishing heavy streamers just fine um do they, they do make and and you know, you've seen them in the last 10 15 years uh tapers that are specifically formulated or designed or engineered whatever you want to say for um throwing streamers very front heavy tapers and those are great and if you're gonna be doing a lot of fishing that's something that's worth considering and something i would say might be the purchase that you should make before you go out and buy that new rod to see if that taper with that rod that you already have is going to do what you need to do um so that but that's definitely worth considering but i think you can get by if you already have a setup for throwing those heavy wind resistant and water resistant flies so line matters now leader this is where things might get controversial although People rarely write in about controversial stuff, but here it is. I like a level leader for throwing uh, big heavy streamers. I also like using a furled leader. So they're very different, but they have some similarities. So a, a level leader. So when I use a level leader, I will use something like a eight foot length of 12 or 16 pound fluorocarbon. And the reason for this is that it is very easy to maintain. It's very easy to keep track of. Um, it is very easy to tie up. And instead of having to have lots of knots and on a leader, it is just one knot at the at the loop to loop connection and one knot at the fly. And so it really cuts down on on the complexity of a leader uh, for a fly that's being fished a little bit more aggressively and may very well get into some bigger fish or if it's getting sunk it's going to get hung up and that's one less knot that can fail if I if I get into either of those situations either a fish or a snag. Now truth be told I do like to use a little bit of a butt section so a heavier butt section and again as I've talked about uh, in, in another podcast even last week I love the butt sections of a knotless tapered leader, a prepackaged leader. So we're talking a, a cubit's length, if you will, you know, 18, 20 inches of that really heavy duty, sometimes like 35, 40 pound uh, loop that they that they supply on there with a good solid knot. I always test them, even if it's from a brand that I trust. I always test them just to make sure I didn't get the, the bad one. It's worth the few tugs to make sure that uh, that's not what's going to fail, and you don't have to regret that you didn't do that if that was the problem. But so 
going from that length and then I'll actually tie another loop and do a loop to loop with a straight section of fluorocarbon for my my streamers um, it's just it's easy for me to keep track of what length I'm fishing with when I have that nice straight uh, level tapered leader I can level taper it's a bit of an oxymoron that level leader uh, and I'm also to switch if if I'm going up a fly size, if I'm getting into a place where there's um, more more down timber, or when I'm fishing up against rocks or up against a bank, and I want to go from like 12 to 18 pound. That's something that I can do very very quickly, and I'm able to save that piece of fluorocarbon because I'm not going to be making lots of changes, and I'm not going to be losing a lot of flies probably, and so that's going to be a, a perfectly uh, fine piece of leader material to use in the future. If you are using a leader like this and you're using a line that has that forward taper or a more bold, uh, aggressive taper for casting large flies and you're using a heavy fly, it's going to turn over that fly no problem, especially if you're fishing with something in the 10 to 6 foot range, which for most of my streamer fishing, whether it be traditional streamers or big, heavy, aggressive uh, modern streamers, that's what, what I'm fishing with. Um, is there more nuance? Are there different approaches? Absolutely they are, but I feel like I'm pretty successful with that. And so because of that, I think a level leader it works just fine or a primarily long piece of tippet with a tiny butt section. Now, the other thing that I mentioned is knotless tapered leaders. I love knotless tapered leaders. I fish them in virtually every situation. I have dry fly, nymph, saltwater, bass, and streamer knotless tapered leaders. Now, talk about the brand that I like at the end of the podcast and the recommendation. Super great company, super great product. And so definitely stay tuned to the end of the podcast to, to get my recommendation on these leaders. But I like these because uh, if you are switching around a lot, um, then this presents a great option where they're between 36 and 48 inches and they provide a great taper. If you are not using a line that has an aggressive head on, on the, the line, then this is a great alternative that really creates a kind of a, a sharp transition down from that maybe traditional trout head or maybe a more all-purpose, multi-purpose saltwater head on a fly line that creates a great transition down to that leader material that you have to add to the end of your furled leader, uh, something between like three and four feet to give you that eight or 10 foot leader total. And that is going to turn that fly over beautifully. Um, they're also bulletproof. You know, as long as it doesn't have a snag in it, as long as multiple strands of that furled leader aren't frayed, it's going to last you forever. And uh, you can buy them that have little uh, tippet loops, uh, tippet rings uh, on the end. And so it's a great knot. You're not having to tie a loop-to-loop -loop knot. You can just tie a really, really strong, uh, like improved clinch knot or something like that. And it is going to be a really firm knot uh, that, that keeps everything in in, in check. So those are my leader recommendations, either a butt section and a level leader, a straight level leader, depending on the situation you're fishing, or if you're not using a powerful, uh, fat headed tapered line, using a furled leader is a great option, but I would say mess around with it. Again, those are cheap investments. You're not talking about spending a hundred bucks. You're talking about maybe fifteen dollars for a fold leader, maybe a couple of spools of tippet for you know if it's fluorocarbon, eight bucks a pop, 
and you can go out and cast and say, this feels really good. This works well with my casting stroke. If I have a tendency to not apply enough power on the back end, this gives me a little extra umph to get that fly to turn over. If I have maybe too much application of power on the front end, uh, then it uh, it still allows for a gentle presentation, which, you know, there's times when you want your streamer to splash, but there's other times where you want to just land a little bit more unobtrusively. Now, when I say that, you know, as, as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm not advocating stopping learning how to cast well and using some sort of equipment or tool or, or technique to compensate for your casting deficiency. I'm saying if, if, if kind of like, you know, when you run, you might have the, uh, the, you might pronate or something like that. And so you have a pair of shoes that kind of just corrects you slightly. We need to be aware of where we cast and fish and we have just a tendency to maybe get a little bit sloppy. And although we're working towards fishing better, uh, if we have a little bit of help. So as simple as adding another foot to your leader, and that allows that fly to unroll a little bit better. That's a way that you can, as you're learning, you can fish more efficiently. Okay, last word before I wrap up. So we talked about rods, we talked about lines, we talked about leaders. I'll just mention tippet again. Uh, I really don't have a preference when it comes to tippet for streamers. I see the benefit of using a rigid, uh, more stiff, thicker uh, tippet uh, when, when you when you tie streamers on. Uh, I like to have that nice direct line between my uh, rod tip, my fly line, and my fly when I'm fishing streamers, whether that's in choppy water or whether it's in slack water. I do not like a very, very supple tippet where maybe if I'm fishing an eddy, um, that leader is going to kind of double over on itself. And as I make a retrieve, that fly is going to kind of move uh, away from the fish potentially, um, or it's going to, there's going to be enough slack that a aggressive take is not going to be something that I feel. So I do like to have fluorocarbon when I'm fishing with, uh, um, with streamers and something a little bit heavier. But again, it all depends on the brand. There's going to be different stiffness levels. There's going to be based upon brand to brand, but also based upon on thickness of the, the tippet. So that's just something to think about. I'll, one last thing. Um, I am not sold on tying a big open loop knot to the end of my fly. Um, I just don't think that it imparts enough of a difference in the, in the action when that thing is being stripped in. Um, depending on the materials that you use, I will say, I guess if you're using like a lot of artificials, uh, a lot of artificial materials, if you're using like, um, uh, you know, the, the fake bucktail for clousers, I can see how it could be beneficial with that. But if you're using natural materials or very, very, um, like breathing materials on your flies, I, I just think there's so much action in those materials already that you don't need to add extra movement to them. Now, other people feel very, very strongly People that probably call a lot more fish than me on streamers probably have a different opinion, but uh, I like a nice tight knot uh, that uh, isn't going to have a, a wear point uh, because of it being on a loop. But again, that's just my predisposition towards loop knots and not being a huge fan of them probably bleeding through. Do you have any opinions on anything that I said? I kind of gave four very uh, narrow opinions on rod, line, leader, and tippet. There's other ways you can go. There's other ways that I go, uh, but there's just four ways to think about gear that you may already have or gear that you can acquire for short money 
can maybe get you out ahead of fishing for streamers when when season kicks in here in in a few weeks so let me know matthew castingacross.com if you have more questions you want clarification or you think that you have an idea that blows mine out of the water i would love to hear that this week on castingacross.com the first article is called keep trout in suspense keep trout in suspense and this is about a streamer technique not necessarily a large streamer technique in line with kind of what we're talking about today but a streamer technique for floating a smaller or medium-sized streamer under a bobber and by bobber i do mean strike indicator and by strike indicator a lot of us mean bobber why would you do such a thing that seems preposterous that seems ridiculous well i give a few reasons why i think that is a reasonable way to fish this in specific situations on this article on castingacross.com so definitely check it out wednesday's article was called your own state of fly fishing address your own state of fly fishing address uh the state of the union address was this week i'm not sure if you heard of that if you're listening to this in real time anyway this is a little bit of a riff on that so the purpose of the state of the union is to say this is how things are this is how i think about things all this article is is a list of questions you can ask yourself to kind of assess where you are in fly fishing what you're doing what has changed what your plans are what you did last year nothing profound but it's a fun little exercise that i think might be worth your time effort and energy so you can check out both of those articles on castingacross.com as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, this week's recommendation is Furled Leaders from Appalachian Furled Leader Company. And I've talked about Appalachian Furled Leader Company on the podcast before. I've reviewed some of their products on the website. They are fantastic furled leaders, and they have two leaders that are specifically designed for fishing streamers. They are the big meat streamers. They make a fluorocarbon one, and they make a monofilament one. You can actually buy both of them together and, and get a little bit of a break on the price but they're a 36 inch leader they're fantastic i use them for trout i use them for bass i use them in the salt water they also make all-purpose leaders they make uh, euro nymphing leaders they use uh, they have other accessories to, to add to your your um, leaders you can kind of customize whether you have them with tippet rings or with loop to loop connections they're great leaders made by real people in North Carolina in the United States of America. So you go to Appalachian Furled Leader Company Co.com and I'll put a link to their website on the show notes of this page on castingacross.com. Definitely check them out. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and leave a rating in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.